Welcome to Upshift, No Direction Network's Essence 20 podcast, where every two weeks we give you an edge on Essence 20. I'm Ryan Costello, one of the designers of the Essence 20 role-playing game, as well as an author on the G.I. Joe Transformers and My Little Pony role-playing game, Core Rumors. And I'm Jason Keeley, a Renegade Game Studios RPG developer. So I work on all those, well, not all those books, but a lot of those books. Not all of them? Not all of them, no. I, I haven't really done any My Little Pony stuff. Also, there are a lot of the a lot of books, and there's no way one person could do them. Yeah, don't I know it? And yet, <laughs> and yet, what we are talking about today is 2020 in review for Essence 20, and it'll be one part of what's happening with Essence 20, one part what's happening with us individually in our relationship with Essence 20, and one part what is happening with oh wait, what was the third? Oh, Upshift as a podcast. Sure, I, I knew yes. there was a third and, one. <laughs> uh, and I, I think Ryan, I think you mean 2022. What did I say? You said 2020. I mean, because you were saying Essence 20. And that would be okay. nice. It would have been nice if Essence 20 existed in 2020. And this uh, this podcast existed in 2020. So you could be nice and alliterative, but sadly no. Oh, yeah. No, 2020 was going to be the year of the gamer. Going to be the year That's of the right. confirmed critical hit. It was going to be the year of so many, so many good things, we oh, thought, buddy. going into it. Mm-hmm. I guess now's a good time to point out that I don't have an outline for this episode. I'm just kind of going from memory and feeling. And (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say things like, it's the year 2020. And hopefully Jason catches me. Otherwise, who knows what factually incorrect statements I'm going to be making throughout this episode. Uh, Who knows? I I wasn't sure whether or not to let you uh, let that go or just be like, yeah, I'm sure he, I know he didn't mean it, but yeah. I know know he doesn't actually think it's 2020. (laughs) Now, I, I know people know me as a confident man, but my confidence has changed since I became a podcaster because I will never say, I think I know what I said in arguments anymore. Now that I have edited <laughs> myself and been like, what am I talking about? That's, <laughs> that's just not right. Yeah, yeah. yeah Everyone right. should have a podcast where they have to edit themselves to realize what they do to other people. I should probably start, you know, Listening to these podcasts before you, for you put them out so I can hear <laughs> the stuff that I say because I know that I talk without really knowing what the end of a sentence is going to be until I get there. Oh a lot yeah, of times. Well, I I know that people that when we were uh, when we did live recordings of the Nordash podcast, people could definitely see when I knew I didn't stick a landing because I was how we have a face like, ooh, what was yeah, that? Mm, whatever. Not happy with myself. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get any further, although we both work for Renegade on Essence 20 in some capacity, Upshift is not associated with or produced by Renegade Game Studios, and this is not an official Essence 20 podcast. That's right. Uh, We're just talking off the dome here, people. Yeah, we're people that, we know stuff. We have opinions. And so we're sharing both of those things. And I hope you like to listen to that, because that's what we're doing. (laughs) If not, I don't know. I don't know how you found (laughs) us. I don't know what you're doing here. And now why you're still, why you're on episode, what is this, nine now? Yeah, episode nine. Uh, yeah. I'm sure there are some people that hate listen to me. I just hope it's not many. Oh, really? Oh. Uh, everyone, every podcast must have its share of hate listeners. I, I guess so. I guess so. No, I don't want to, I don't want to think about that. Okay. 2022 was mm. the year of Essence 20's full launch. We soft mm-hmm. launched in 2021 with the release of Enter the Collection, a free RPG Day product. That is so far the only setting agnostic Essence 20 product that was ever released. Enter the Collection came out in 2021. The original goal was for all these books to come out in 2021. But unfortunately, uh, 
printing problems, shipping problems, yeah. so many problems around the world at that time uh, caused delays. And so then it, the plans were changed and the hope was January, we would see Power Rangers, February, we would see G.I. Joe, March, we would see Transformers. And then not too long after that, we would see My Little Pony. Now we are in December of 2022 and Power Rangers, G.I. Joe and Transformers have all finally come out. My Little Pony's yep. exact release date is still not been stated anywhere. And that's also something that's definitely changed in how Renegade announces these products. They are no longer giving <laughs> estimates of dates. They are no longer announcing things far ahead of time, which is why Jason and I will often to allude to products that are not out there. There's not just one book that covers a billion things that we could talk about. There's lots of books that are in the hopper oh, yeah. that are in various stages of development that have not even been announced yet. That's correct. There are, uh, I mean, you know, each of these lines, these four lines could be, uh, I mean, I wouldn't say support an entire, I mean, not a, a company like Renegade, but a small company. If you just had a, if you were just a small press company and you were just making G.I. Joe books, you could fill up a year with stuff easily. With the stuff that's like been turned over, but not released yet? Or no, I'm just saying in general, just saying in general, okay. like you could make a role playing, a G.I. Joe role playing game, right? And then, and then do a bunch of supplements and that would be a good cycle of products right uh, for even for uh, for any company i think it just just in itself you know a couple books a year whatever adventures and so forth and so on you could you could easily do a, do do a lot of things and and uh, some of those things uh, i think i would say that renegade is is in the process of doing oh yes which we cannot talk about any further well but i can't say any more than that that's for sure <laughs> we've said too much well Maybe not. Okay, we've said just enough. I like to see. I like a little. It should be no surprise that the Renegade is going to make more books, because yes. Uh, if we weren't, then I don't know why they hired me. No, <laughs> 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 so just for the last six months of issue, not even that, like five months of uh, 2022, uh, hired me for a a game line, a bunch of game lines that they knew they were canceling. I, uh, that sounds like madness to me, and I hope that's not the case. Now, from from what ICV2 says, these are selling very well. I yeah. can only trust that the game is selling well enough to continue because they continue to pay me. They continue to hire me for new projects. That's yeah. kind of one of the advantages, advantages of my position in that I get the money up front. Like, I get paid in the writing end, which mm, is like yeah. one of the first steps. And so if somehow anything were to happen to a project that I've written on, my part of it is done and, like, I've I've, I've made off like a bandit. Yeah, I mean, it just can scamper off into the night. Um, I mean, that I think that's the. I, I mean, honestly, I can't. I mean, I can see. I can can think of another way that that could be done, and I and I understand that. Uh, I just don't think it's. It doesn't feel. I don't know, ethically, right to me. Business. I mean, a lot of biz, the business stuff uh, uh, is is a black box to me, uh, and uh, in general, companies don't feel like the whole the whole capitalism thing doesn't feel like <laughs> but if i were to doing doing it on my own i just you know paying people for the things that they give me they've you've done you've done the work uh, and now it's up to me to sell that work and make my money back on it right you know you, that's the hope one thing that you plan out ahead of time if we pay these people this much and we get this much money you know you you budget uh and and then sell you know the printer you you, you gotta pay the printer before the book <laughs> comes out right you can't go oh uh, print us up a couple hundred thousand copies of this book and uh we'll get you back uh that's not how it works so i don't think it should work that way for the uh, artist ends of things both uh writing and and, and art art 
yeah, I can't say my first couple of major RPG projects, I was paid uh, a percentage upon release. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I wrote two books for this company and one of them was released. And then mm-hmm. years later, eventually another company bought out that company, saw these like dangling threads. First of all, they wanted to close out the percentage deal on the other book because it was like, you know, once every six months, maybe they would sell one and have to send me a $2 check or whatever. And so they just wanted to buy me out for the rest of that. And they wanted to resolve this other situation that, uh, you know, was not great for me. I had done a lot of writing on a book that never saw the light of day. So yeah, yeah. it eventually did come out and I did get paid for that project, but that was years after I had written it. Yeah. And, now, and, I, and I know that like things have changed in other companies that be from payment on release of book to payment on acceptance of work. Um, because that's, I mean, that's happened to me too. Like that happened to me. Uh, uh, writing stuff for Paizo that uh, book that never saw the light. Uh, oh, really? Never? Yeah, no. Wow. I don't know if I should talk about it or not, but it's a book that I wrote some stuff for, and then eventually I got paid for it though, but because it was it was in a it was still in the process where Paizo was paying on release, uh, which could be like up to a year from when you finish the thing. Anyway, so that's, that, that, that just is not great for the people who make these things and who uh, want to do freelance full-time, right? Yeah. Uh, but this is a book that a bunch of people did, and and uh, I don't think everyone finished their assignment, uh, but the book got canned in the process somewhere because it was a kind of a trying to do. It was trying to serve too many uh, masters, as they say. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it needs to do this and it needs to do this, and you know, seeing that I was working at Paizo at the time, so uh, I saw the stuff that was happening while I was also going and I might go finish this freelance. Should I even bother finishing this freelance? I kind of know that this book is <laughs> in a weird place. Uh, but you know, well, I'm sure they'll figure it out. You know, they, I've never at that point, at that point, I never heard of them not putting a book out after they had spent money on. So I did it. I finished it. And I was like, here's some stuff. I don't know what the heck it was. It was, it was also a difficult project. It was like, I felt mm. really, I struggled with it a lot. Um, and, uh, but you know, I, they paid eventually, so I'm I'm happy I got paid for that struggle. Yeah, I I honestly don't know if Essence Twenty would have survived if it was pay on release after mm-hmm. those initial three books were delayed for six months to a year. Like Transformers yeah. only came out a year after it was originally proposed to, and yeah. like the the freelancers were then expected to work on further projects. And if it was like three books deep into a contract and no money had turned over, some people just can't afford that, and other people yeah, just no would not be comfortable with it no it it it, it puts it puts the, the the freelancers in a very uncomfortable position i think which is why i wouldn't do it if if, if it were up to me and luckily renegade doesn't do it the rest of it doesn't do it that way exactly but it's still not up to me <laughs> <laughs> so january saw the release of the power Rangers role-playing game and uh honestly i do think we were all hoping it would hit and be a huge success and universally mm-hmm. loved and unfortunately not, it landed and it kind of had mixed reviews and there were some people that had some uh, some serious issues with it. And I think one of the best things that came out of that uh, Rocky release was that it showed that Renegade is not a company that will just stand by its mistakes. It will listen mm-hmm. to its fans. It will respond yeah. to feedback. So uh, one of the big issues with the core rulebook was that it only had about 10 threats and that mm-hmm. they were kind of scattershot as far as the threat levels. And so a GM really couldn't really run their own campaign based only on the threats in the book. And there was no rules for how to make your own threats. And yeah. so there were two ways that this uh, that Renegade addressed this change. One of them is that future products, they make sure that they have a, a much wider spread of threats. G.I. Joe, actually, it was too late to make any kind of change like that. 
But luckily, that was already the plan, that G.I. Joe had all these name-recognized characters and also a whole bunch of generic troops across multiple levels. So yeah. G.I. Joe luckily dodged that bullet. But then the other thing was that uh, immediately and for free, Renegade released the threat creation guideline so that if you wanted more threats for your Power Rangers role-playing game, you had this tool, which uh, I've seen entire... Like, on the Discord, there's a whole... Uh, what do you call it? A thread, I believe? Anyway, so oh, yeah. on Discord, you've got all your different channels, and then you can uh, create a sub-channel just on a specific topic, and that one has been was created basically when the Threat Creation Guide came out, and still people regularly post in it. People are posting their original oh. ideas, they're critiquing each other. It's really become a, a community tool that has built a community around the role-playing game, which had Renegade just done nothing or just said, wait until the future and you'll get more threats, I I think a lot of those players would not have stuck around. Yeah, that's it's interesting. That's interesting. I think it is... Um, it was probably... I'm going to be a little uh, honest here, a little frank. It, it may have been a, a, like a, a mistake to sort of plan... Like, maybe it could have planned out, like, oh, you know, this is a game... Power Rangers specifically, a Monster of the Week and and different, almost different minions every episode needs a kind of a big chunky threat situation, you know, si you know, situation here, and to sort of maybe be like, well, this is a game in which you, we will get a book, you'll get a bestiary essentially, right? I mean, that's sort of like what a lot of fantasy games and sci-fi games will do. But like, here's a book and a core rule book, and then we'll also put out a bestiary. Try to put it, try to get them as close as possible. Uh, maybe it would have been better good if we had been like oh uh, what's coming out and try to try to get it out around the same time but obviously struggles yeah. <laughs> uh, uh to get any of these books out uh, uh when they were planned so um that i think the the the, the release release of the cr threat creation rules was, was a good stopgap for for that so i will take some credit for that in that that was actually okay. a major piece of design and mm -hmm. i said i can do this technically for free as long as we put this in a book later. And when that book comes out, that's a certain number of pages, a certain number of words that you would have had to pay me anyway. So just, yeah. we'll, we'll call this a free, like you don't have to worry about the budget to make this whole thing logistically right, happen. Yeah. This will get paid eventually. I know it. It'll show up in a book eventually. I know it. So let's just put this out now so that people have the resource so that they can play the game and we can address the, the complaints that were happening there. Cool. Well, well done. Right. Well, honestly... G.I. Joe's success depended on Power Rangers' success. And if stores were going to cancel their orders of G.I. Joe based on reaction to Power Rangers, I, I could not let that happen. Uh, this is a role-playing <laughs> game I needed to see exist and that I was super proud of. And so I was willing to put myself on the line in a couple of different ways to make sure that Essence 20 had a positive reaction overall. Cool. I mean, hey, it's. Uh, I think it probably, I think it paid off. I think I don't have the numbers myself. Um, right. I think G.I. Joe was probably received better, right? Let's, let's ask it was, question. yeah. So it was the next one that came out, and a lot of people... I, I So from uh, the ICV2 rating that came out eventually, and for your people that don't know, ICV2 is... It's a website for the business side of mm. uh, the geeky hobbies, and it includes role-playing games. And every quarter they release a list of the top five best-selling role-playing games of that, that quarter, or of the previous quarter. And... Okay. To my surprise, G.I. Joe outsold Power Rangers. Both of them made it onto the list, nice. and G.I. Joe was higher of the two because my impression going into it was that G.I. Joe was kind of the long shot of the three franchises. It was the one that oh. had the least amount of media tied to it. It, mm -hmm. I, I, I would say that it had the least recognition. In fact, I would say G.I. Joe is most often recognized for those like 
parody videos of the knowing is half the battle. Like the, yeah, yeah there, there was a reason that there was no reference to pork chop sandwiches or I'm a computer or anything in the core rule book. Cause I was just trying to <laughs> distance the brand from this mutated yeah. reputation that it has for it. Sure. Um, so yeah, so I really just thought that uh, as long as G.I. Joe could tag along with the success of the other two, maybe it would get a, a bump and be considered a success along, you know, with Essence 20 as a brand. So it was a shock to me that it was selling better than Power Rangers at the time. And from what I've heard, a lot of people were buying the G.I. Joe role-playing game core rulebook for, uh, first of all, because a lot of the times that rules that were not clear in Power Rangers were clearer in G.I. Joe, mm -hmm. and because the way that Essence 20 is cross-compatible, the threats in G.I. Joe could be used in Power Rangers. You could file the serial number off, or you yeah. don't even have to. You can just have them fight Cobra sure, Commander yeah. and Destro if you really want. <laughs> that is pretty funny. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Uh, I don't have anything else to add to that. So this is a while before you were hired by Renegade. So yes. uh, why don't we flash forward then to... Uh, you got hired before the Transformers role-playing game Core Robot came out, right? Yes, before it came out. I think it was in the process of being printed at the time or something when when i got hired or it was in the process of being i didn't get it i didn't get a look at like the book in any i didn't get my hand on that the core rule book i was just sort of there and knew it existed i had that i think i had the pdf no i had the pdf the pdf it existed for me right at least it may not have been out gone out to everyone but i had it i had access to it so it, it was already in the at the printer at that point let's talk about you joining renegade what uh, what was that like Sure. Um, it was a, a kind of a hectic time. It was literally like at Gen Con, like essentially like before all that, I, you know, I applied and I had an interview and all that normal job stuff. And then I, uh, uh trying to figure out what the start date was. And right. I was like, well, I'd like to have you know, some extra some time between the two, um, uh, take some time off. And they're like, well, okay, I want to get you in as soon as possible. But also this particular date that you said uh that's the middle of gen con like, oh yeah that is the middle of gen con. I don't <laughs> think about that anymore at, at this point and so i sort of started like right before that the weekend of and then there was a lot of back and forth i was like getting some stuff together i didn't have everything that i needed right away uh but but uh basically sort of fixed that problem pretty quickly the first day was a bit rocky i remember because i was having trouble I was having just weird internet Mm. stuff like this wasn't logging in blah blah, blah. these accounts weren't working which is why i am Jason K at Renegade Games and not just Jason at Renegade Games because I, I while I am I think the only Jason I, I was like this is kind of bold that they would try to give me just Jason they don't think there's going to be another one ever but uh, that email wasn't working for whatever reason it hmm. weird, weird stuff happened it was a very stressful day because I, like, I just want to help I just want to work but then you know but that sort of talking with uh, uh, some some people who were at the con and stuff like oh, I'll wait till they get back I'm like oh now can I have a you know instead of using my own computer, can can we give me a computer? And that all happened very fast afterwards. But in the meantime, I just sat and read the three core rule book, just back to back. Before you applied, what did you know about Renegade as a company? God, not a ton. You know, to be honest, not a ton. I looked them up at some point and just saw, you know, oh, they're making some of these. I have some of these card games, right? You know, I had Arboretum and uh, the Fox in the Forest and stuff like mm. that. I thought that was pretty cool. Those were both very pretty games. Yes, never very nice themes. I've had, uh, you know, sort of look through some of the stuff, and I was like, oh, these look. I don't think I played all the many of the board games, but also, you know, oh, they've got the. Technically, they're publishing the vampire stuff. They're te they're publishing the uh, kids on bikes stuff, right? And I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Let me try. Let me just apply, <laughs> <laughs> right? That's and that's how what happened. Then I, you know, 
the, uh, told them, you know, you know, you know, my my told them my experience with all, with with the the three the main three that I knew about. Just sort of, yeah, I kind of I know of them a, lot, a little bit here and there, and I have some experience with some, you know, some of the media, uh, not like a deep well of pop culture knowledge about any three of them. So, but that that didn't seem to, but but I have a a, a fairly uh, uh, extensive career uh, in the role playing game industry extensive i know i'm they called at one point after i got hired i think it was like oh veteran jason kidd i'm like am i really a veteran i don't feel like i've been at Hmm. the job for that long but uh you know technically being at least 10 years because of the stuff that i started on my own company early 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 on for me when we did our first episode together and you told me that you started the in the role-playing industry the same time i started the podcast that that surprised me. It felt like you'd been in there a lot longer than that. I don't know. I I did. I don't know what <laughs> I thought. I'd been around for that long. I guess I have that kind of like face. <laughs> no, I did. I was doing crossword puzzles before I, I I came into the role playing game industry. So before you, I don't know what the development process was like. I knew we had editors, and I believe they were all freelance. And I know that Elisa was doing some of the editing and she was also in charge of uh, the role-playing game, like the logistics side. She she wore yeah. a lot of hats while she was with yes. Renegade. Yes. So yeah, when, so when you came in, like, did they know what they wanted from a developer? I'm not I'm not entirely certain because there's some stuff that I got that was like, oh, this has been edited already, and now just sort of do this. I'm like, wait, 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 hold on. <laughs> You have it. This text edited before it was developed. Uh, it's going to need another editing pass because I had to go through it and make sure it's all. I mean, you know, at the beginning, I was doing some just basically developmental editing, which is a little more complicated editing, essentially, right? Okay. You know, you're checking, the... but then it's like this sentence doesn't work. You make it work. It's it's you know, it's not just sort of correcting the grant, correcting a misspellings and punctuation errors right it's literally just like okay this sentence literally doesn't say what you want it to say and then just sort of in thinking a little bit about here and there about like well you know i was learning the system so a lot of ways of what format things should look like and what they have already looked like and how many different ways it's already been done in the past and just sort of figuring out how to get all that gelled together in a way that was so we could be more consistent with stuff and you know, and able to sort of smooth the process over to getting text over to uh, people to lay it out, and then when it comes back from being laid out, making sure that it's not the layout people who are correcting grammar <laughs> and spelling mistakes that happen to go, go, cut through the cracks. It's I can get in there and do the text stuff. So yeah, I'm just a text guy, really. Yeah, on the topic of formatting, we've already talked about how there was a different format instructions with every book. And the thing that yeah. really got to me was uh, how we laid out attacks for threats. Because mm. when I had turned over G.I. Joe, I had spelled it out. So it's like, this is the attack. And it says attack, colon, does this, alternate attacks. Mm. This is the number of hands this weapon takes, etc. And then in Power Rangers, it was shortened to like a, a, a shorthand, almost like encoded language. Mm. And I, I had a lot of trouble with that. So... Um, at least at one point was asking me, can you convert all of their threats to this format? And I'm like, I'm not sure I understand that format. And there's a lot of threats in G.I. Joe, so I can't, I, I don't think I can. And so mm-hmm. it was just decided that G.I. Joe would go with these like expanded threat sat blocks with these additional information for the attacks. 
But then uh, I finally did learn it. And so for the next book that I was working on, I was making sure I was doing the abbreviated style like Power Rangers. And somewhere along the lines, it was decided, no, we'll use the fleshed out version that you created for G.I. Joe. So someone, I guess you, has to go in and undo the stuff that I had struggled to make sure was in the right format. Yeah, it's just that stuff is tricky. When uh, didn't there wasn't a ton of like that kind of stuff really codified. And as I was trying to just sort of do it, I felt like it was a little bit of me trying to understand what everything was meant, what what was meant to do, how it would be usable well, and also is how much information is necessary. But also try to keep it a little bit coherent from what had come with what what had come before. So I feel like I have a fair grip on that kind of stuff. But also I can change my mind sometimes from like week to week. I'm like, but now I don't know if this works. And I can't quite land on a thing. I'm like, this works, but it could be better, right? Let me figure out a way to make it better. But every once in a while, you get to just kind of like just pull the trigger and put some yeah. stuff out there. Well, know? we talked about it a little bit in the Cold Iron episode where mm-hmm. there was a lot of Wild West to how the format works. And then that led to a lot of uh, innovation for how we can present the information. And now that has been codified. So going forward, some of the stuff that yeah. was innovated because we didn't know what else to do with it has just become the way we do things. And I think sure, that yeah, yeah. we had to make all those formatting decisions right at the beginning and then carry them out throughout the line. It probably would have been a lot a lot stiffer, a lot more basic to how we present things. Yeah, I mean, you, that's something you do have to decide. Like er, yeah. You always have to decide what, how do you want this stuff to look. But I think I, I think people who read these books are are – intelligent people intelligent and and good looking and rich um uh at least in spirit uh if not in money uh then uh, uh but but you know if you need to mutate something to make it more readable i i or or more usable right i i think people can take that <laughs> like uh things shouldn't always be 100 codified set in stone to in order just to, because you did it once way already because you the person who did it before might not be you, or you might have been tired that day or just not really thinking mm. it through or whatever, right? Uh, and there's no reason to continue to make uh, uh, something work the same way over and over and over and over again just because that's the way it was before. That was something that was always just like, this is, it's good to learn, you know, learn from the past, but and and, and look at it back and be like, this is the way we did it before. Do we want to always be like asking that question? I think is, is important for, for, for role playing game books. This is the way we did it before. Do we? There's a, probably another way we could do it. Do we want to change it? You know, and sometimes you do, and sometimes that's fine. And it, granted, it doesn't make the books incompatible, right? Information will still exist. You could still take a book, you know, even if it's like laid out slightly differently, you'll be able to, you can figure it out. That'd be sort of the interesting about what Essence 20 does is that uh, uh, at, at its real core, it's not that difficult of a system. Mm hmm. And sometimes there's some things that get layered onto it that sort of, you know, tweak things and change it up. And maybe it's different for Power Rangers, it's different for Transformers, it's different for, for G.I. Joe. But it, like, it's not necessarily going to like ruin the game if you get something slightly wrong. <laughs> Along those lines, that was one of the goals with My Little Pony was to make it compatible, but not complex. Uh, mm-hmm. But we did want a magic system, which would have been the first new real like chunky yeah. system that we're adding for a game that we didn't want to be too chunky. And so we wanted to make sure that it was like compartmentalized so that you had to buy in in one of a couple of different ways. So if you wanted to touch those rules, uh, you you had to choose to touch those rules. And if those rules scared you, you've got all these other options that are completely viable and have nothing to do with them. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Making sort of things that are 
extra complex be in a way um, uh, uh, optional is is not a bad way to do about it. Uh, so going along our timeline, the next major release was the Transformers role-playing game Core Rulebook. And this one I felt really hit big. I think a lot of mm-hmm. people had understood what an Essence20 product was by the time that came out and were surprised that we could do more things with the the the, the fashion template is what Elisa used to call it, of origin uh, role mm-hmm. and influences. We'd changed things up. We'd made origins more robust and more complicated in Transformers to reflect that, you know, these are yeah. not just people with powers. These are multi-shape beings of yeah. all large different, like scale differences between different characters, uh, mm-hmm. speed differences, function differences. It seemed to be the one that the reaction hit expectations. Like they matched pretty well. Mm. And I was happy good. with oh, that. Good, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think Transformers, I mean, I don't know. It, maybe it's just me, but it feels like that's the bigger of the three fandoms, probably the biggest of the three fandoms. I would say, say yes, but I would hesitate just because I yeah. know Power Rangers has yeah. a, like a, it has its dedicated fans and I don't know much about it. So I couldn't really estimate how the size of the it's, fandoms compare. It's, it is a guess. I mean, <laughs> to be for, for me too, it's just sort of like, it just, there's just, I mean, there's just constantly, there's a lot, there's a lot of transfers, there's a lot of Power Rangers stuff. There's just a lot of Transformers stuff too. And you see this, like, oh, there's also just a new cartoon that's coming up or is already coming out. Um, and you don't really hear too much about new Power Ranger stuff. I would say maybe comics still kind of happen, but I'm pretty sure there's a new season of something that's out there now. There is, I say, but, but I don't, but it didn't, it didn't penetrate the sort sure. of general pop culture zeitgeist that I, I think uh, Transformers still does in a lot of ways. Yeah. So this is something that when uh, Param, the original co-host of Upshift and I were discussing things, um, I thought if we were going to release a Power Rangers core rulebook, it would have to be Mighty Morphin themed. Because mm-hmm. that's when I think of Power Rangers, I think of Mighty Morphin first. And when I think of my friends who have uh, Power Rangers collectibles, 90% of the time, it's a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers helmet or, or weapon. It's something from that era. And that's the one that people are most specifically nostalgic for. But he really was arguing that, like, no, people that are into it are into a wide variety of the different right, seasons. Yeah. And so, um, so I don't know. I don't know if it's one of those things that if you're in the fandom, you have this interpretation that like yeah fine power rangers but or sorry mighty morphin but that's done and we've moved on and we've got 30 years of evolution uh whereas if you're out of it it really does feel like it's mighty morphin plus yeah yeah i mean i think i have the same viewpoint as you in that uh but it's good to i mean a lot of ways though that that because all that stuff exists in a way that is technically has slightly more uh, I would say continuity than all of the Transformer stuff that exists because Transformer stuff yeah. has a lot of wide ranging continuity that goes back and forth. But I feel like on the Power Rangers, it's a little more consistent throughout its years. That makes it easier for you to make more supplements for it, right? Oh, this is the Power Ranger. You, you talk about the basic Power Rangers. You don't have more friend. You do Zio, and I think there's a third one that's in the core rule book uh, that's sort of in general. You talk is it about. in space or is it turbo? Uh, Turbo it might be Turbo, okay. um, and you can kind of like do a couple of them, right? That you don't have to just stick with Mighty Morphin. And you get a, 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 the bigger ones, I would say, no, not the big ones, but just sort of like maybe the more knownish ones, or the one that's ones that ones that are least strange, I guess. Um, and then you can go like, oh, but then you can put out stuff that's about oh, talking more about those Space Rangers, talking more about the, uh, I think there's well, maybe Dino Forces in the core world, I'm not sure, but like you know, but there's other fa- facets in it that you can hit hit on and and talk about. Stuff that you don't need to put in the core world to make a core Power Rangers game, right? 
Yeah, I think one of the challenges for Transformers is that there really is, like, there is the core concept of what Transformers is, but the multiple different series usually have a pretty big spin on the original yeah. concept. And so sometimes it's a lot of spacefaring politics, which is what you get often in the comics. And sometimes it's very like the sometimes it's the same concept, but such a different change in tone that it feels like a completely different series. Uh, and each series tends to have a lot of world building that yeah. diverts uh, like quite a bit from the original uh, the original origin of the Transformers brand. So like I, I I'm not sure if the best way is to just try and find one version of Transformers that satisfies the most people, or if a whole book should be dedicated to like. And now here's a whole other continuity. Like, mm. like if we were to do a Beast Wars book, I don't know if we should just do the, here's the, and, and uh, I'm not involved in the Transformers planning, so I don't know what books are already planned. But anyway, like if we would do, here's a book about just animal uh, origins yeah. so that you could be like, you know, one of the characters, you could either do something that's Beast Wars era, or you could do just one of the other eras that had animals mixed in with the vehicles. Or if we should do, it's a campaign book. It's it's all about the new continuity and yeah. mechanically they're compatible, but it assumes a different storyline. I think the getting into that continuity is da like dangerous, and I don't think it is one hundred percent covered uh, by the licensing. Essentially, mm. you know, so you don't let's talk about like, well, this is because uh, the licensing covers the way that uh, the Transformers look in a lot of ways, right? Because mm. there's. Optimus Prime has had lots of different looks, but the licensed Optimus Prime for for Renegade, at any rate, has the 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 look that you remember from the cartoon. The, yeah, the retroish, you know, whatever. The, sort of, he's the red and blue semi truck, right? Um, so it'd be difficult to sort of dip into the well. This is the continuity where Optimus Prime had tank treads or whatever, um, because he wouldn't look the way you were supposed to. So I, I think we can't talk about. So it's always, but it, the what you can and can't talk about in terms of like text and not necessarily images is a little nebulous and weird yeah i guess i was still thinking in gi joe terms where there's like maybe five different major things we could deal with with gi joe you'd have the original real american hero style you'd have the movie continuity you have renegades which is you flips things on his head and gi joe's are rebels on the run and then sigma six is like a, a enough of a departure that we couldn't just do Sigma Six options in the real American hero line, and that's it basically. Like everything else yeah, fits yeah. into one of those five categories, or maybe there was only four. Whereas Transformers has a lot more categories and yeah, categories yeah. within categories. So many stuff, so much stuff. I feel like both Power Rangers and Transformers seem to have there are uh, comic books that were basically only printed in, you know, uh, 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 not in America. But whereas GI Joe feels like it's solely kind of an american cartoon and comic book so they had action force uh action force was the uh, uk adaptation of gi joe and mm. the cartoon was just the same thing only it redubbed certain things like sergeant slaughter became sergeant slammer and mm. anytime they did these redubs it was notoriously awful they did not get sound alikes mm, yeah, they just like sergeant <laughs> slammer and like right. tone would completely oh, change boy. in the middle of it but for the most part it was just action force was gi joe and then the cart, uh, the comic, it was a completely new comic with the same characters uh, mm -hmm. called Action Force. And it was also, actually, sorry, it wasn't the same characters. It was 50% the G.I. Joe characters, 50% original characters that were either oh. um, original to that company. Uh, Palisades was the, was the toy company that had the license. And so they had a chunk of toys that were just their own thing. 
And then they had a chunk of toys that were G.I. Joe toys that were recolored, renamed, and given new mm. origins. And then there was a chunk of just, and here's G.I. Joe characters, exactly as they mm. appear in the United States. And so it's an interesting mix. That's where, uh, if you've looked through like the comic archives, there's a whole bunch of stuff that's flagged as art we can't use because it includes the Red uh -huh. Shadows, which are UK original characters that were allowed to be used in the comic, but are outside of our uh, our license, as far as we know. Like yeah. in the Play It Safe version of our license, yeah. we avoid the Red Shadows and uh, a couple of other things. Uh, Ooh, and any real mind the action force. What's that? It's a real minefield, all of it. Like, yes. <laughs> I feel like weirdly, I feel like all the Power Rangers is in bounds we, uh, for whatever yeah. reason. I haven't really talked about, heard much about, well, don't use that. But a lot of Transformers is not. And then some of this G.I. Joe stuff is not as well as I'm learning. Yeah. yeah the G.I. Joe stuff will sneak up on you. Whereas Transformers, yeah. they'll have like a specific subtitle to that line. Right, like yeah. Transformers Energon. Even though Energon is a thing that's been in most of Transformers continuities, the show called Transformers Energon is its own continuity, and we, I don't think, can touch that. I don't think, yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah, yeah, it, it, because there's some things that you know, you people do kind of want to maybe hear an Easter egg for or whatever, you know, yeah. and it's, maybe those get snuck in, but it's it's a real labyrinth, honestly. <laughs> And it's something that it does affect all of us. Like at any yeah. point, I've got to make sure that I'm writing within what I understand to be what I'm allowed to be writing about. Yeah. And same. Yeah. <laughs> I just do my best on that regard. And I guess just wrapping up the 2022 for Essence 20, after the uh, Transformers Core Rulebook role-playing game, came, uh, Transformers role-playing game Core Rulebook came out, we got a couple of our first adventure series come out. One for Power Rangers, uh, Adventures in Angel Grove. That's right. All right. And then we got Operation Cold Iron for G.I. Joe, uh, both of which I think seem to have been uh, received pretty well. And yeah. that uh, more or less, that closes out the year, right? We yeah. don't, we didn't have any Basically. major releases after that. No, no I, I, I think did Angel Grove kind of come out before the Transformers Coral book time-wise, but that doesn't matter. But Those three books out, came out pretty close together. Pretty close together. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Um, there's... There's GM screens with the little adventures in them. I don't, the uh, Transformers one isn't out yet, but it will be out soon. Um, but yeah, that's basically it. Character stuff, dice, you know, all the, all the shiny stuff that comes with it. Well, I am looking forward to 2023 as far as Essence 20 goes. Very little of which we can talk about right now, but we can <laughs> sure. say that Renegade Con is coming at some oh, yeah. point. Oh, it's uh, February 3rd and 4th, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when I ran it past my wife, uh, she reminded me that that's right near my daughter's birthday, like the same weekend as my daughter's birthday. I was like, oh, yes, but I, I have time to do it. So I, yeah, I will good, be on good. a couple of Renegade Con panels. They haven't been announced yet, but I, I've i enjoyed everything I've done with Renegade Con. Um, and also uh, the um, Order from Disorder actual play that I got to sit in on, that was really mm -hmm. exciting because even though I, I've got you know my fair share of actual plays under my belt at this point um i was sitting on with like professional actual play actors and being treated like mm. an equal and actually given a special role in as the guy who knows the rules so <laughs> it was fun nice yeah great i I'm, I'm looking forward to this con as well it'll be sort of a new type of not a new type of con but just you know a con that i haven't done and i'm looking up I'm trying to look up the dates. Oh, no, I just said the dates. That's why I stopped looking them up. Because I know the dates. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, I know people are really looking forward to a lot of news. I've seen on the My Little Pony version uh, section of the Discord, the Renegade Discord, mm-hmm. a lot of people are just like, just anything. Just tell us any information. We know this game is coming out. Uh, and uh, somebody says, we know about 5% of what to expect in that book. And uh, mm-hmm. from what they broke down, it's like, yeah, that's all I remember talking about so far. So <laughs> hopefully we get to talk more about that. Hopefully we know when that book's going to come out by the time Renegade Con comes around. And yeah, there's just, there's so many products I cannot wait to talk about. And I hope they just get at least announced, <laughs> at least Some's... put on the slate. Yeah, I think some stuff will get announced at Renegade. I, I'm not privy yet to the whole list, but I know we're going to be talking about some stuff, for sure. Ready to close things up here, Jason? Sure thing. All right. Thank you for joining us for episode 9 of Upshift, the S- the No Direction Network's S20 podcast. If you want to find out, uh, if you want to find more great gaming podcasts, you can go to nodirectionpodcast.com. I want to thank our patrons. You can find out more at patreon.com slash nodirection to support us if you enjoy what we put out, if you would like to see more of it. And, of course, I want to thank Word Burglar for the use of Letters from Snake Eyes version 4. You can find out more about Word Burglar and his 80s-inspired pop culture rap at wordburglar.com. So, uh, we will see you in two weeks and next year. Oh, next year. All right, so until next, until next time, I'm Ryan Costello. And I'm Jason Keeley. Still nothing. I still know outro. I need, <laughs> we'll I need something. There's got to right. be something. If you can come up with something. If you need me to like, say it or whatever, you let me know. I need to know what to say first. Well, yeah, know once you know. Here's resolution. Figure out how to end these episodes. Our theme song is Letter from Snake Eyes number four by Word Burglar. To find it and other amazing tracks, go to wordburglar.com. This has been a No Direction Network production. To find more great gaming podcasts, visit nodirectionpodcast.com.